don't sweat the technique. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Joe George filling in for Jeremy Brand alongside Joel Blank. As always, let's go out right out to the HRP guest line. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, Sports joins us as he does every single week. Lee, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, looking forward. I'm actually going to be headed up on Sunday to New York City. Going to uh, visit my daughter up there with my wife and stay up there and go to the Macy's Day Parade and nice. uh, do some family stuff. Take. Uh, Take the family, go see Billy Joel, and then Ooh, you know, just a, okay. a few little sporting events. Uh, being a Miami fan, just so happens that uh, Black Friday, the Dolphins are playing the Jets, and then uh, uh, in the afternoon later that night, Heat and Knicks in the Garden, and then uh, we'll stroll on over to uh, Brooklyn, have some pizza uh, Saturday night, and watch the Heat and. The net, so uh, it's all about family. Nice. Well, <laughs> she's not singing in the parade, Lee. I mean, the daughter's singing anthems at NFL games. I'm figuring you got to <laughs> no, spot her in the parade. She didn't get the invite for that. I, I think when I, I think when she saw that Cher was singing, she figured uh, you know <laughs> it wasn't her time yet. Uh, Lee, I, w- I want to go before we get to the games here. I-, I have a question about how like you view games when you have people that are suspended. You know, when like yeah. Jim Harbaugh's out, you know he's accepted right. the suspension the rest of the year. How much does like a, a college football coach, or even if it was an NFL coach, being suspended change how you view a game when it comes to like the betting side of it? Really, not at all. It's crazy, and I look for line movement. You know, maybe in his prime uh, when Brady was there, if, if Bill Belichick would have been suspended, maybe we would would have seen a point. Here's what's crazy: I've seen some times where the top three linemen and two guys are going to be headed to the pros in college. They don't move a line. It's crazy, yeah. but. You have a quarterback, obviously quarterback's the most important guy. Um, the line, you know, fluctuates all over. That's why it's very important to study quarterbacks, not just the starters, also the backups. All right, Lee, well, let's get into the game. So yep. we'll start in the, the Big 12, Texas, a seven-point favorite on the road versus Iowa State. How do you view this one looking this weekend with Quinn Ewers back at quarterback again? Uh, yeah, so with Ewers back, this is a much better team. They can push the ball down the field more. Uh, Jonathan Brooks is out to start running back, but he wasn't even expected to start the season. He, they thought he'd be the third stringer. So C.J. Baxter and also Jaden Blue will have to step up, but this is a really talented team. A lot of people seem to be playing Iowa State. They've done very well against Texas over the last couple of years, but I think we're going to see something very similar to the Kansas State game as far as once they get in the red zone. Once you get in the red zone, you got to have a receiver that can get some separation or has some height and can make some plays in the red zone. Iowa State and Kansas State don't, and that was a problem for the Wildcats. I think it's going to be a problem for the Cyclones here. Texas, they have guys that are running back and receiver. They catch a ball, run a ball. You miss a tackle. They're 28 to the gate and eight here. I like Texas here, 35-24. All right, Lee, let's get to the pro game. There's some, yep. there's some really interesting games. And as, as we come down to the home stretch here with the expanded playoffs, it's really going to be fun as a fan of NFL football. And you look at a division that's wide open, you look at all the teams that are competitive within it, but kind of to what Joe asked you earlier, but as it relates to the quarterback that you mentioned, Cleveland now without Deshaun Watson the rest of the year taking on a Steeler team that whether it's Kenny Pickard or the offensive coordinator, they've been much maligned. That's a big game right now. I, I think it's big. They're losing Deshaun Watson. He was starting to play much better. Was he back to where he was 
couple years ago, no. But DTR, just not at the same level. Rookie quarterbacks generally, generally have trouble. And DTR, just not as accomplished throwing the football. So that could be a problem, especially against a Pittsburgh defense. So they thrive on turnovers. Pittsburgh knows who they are and also who they're not. They don't try to put Kenny Pickett in situations. You know, they used to put Ben Roethlisberger or some of these other guys. They don't even put them in situations that Neil O'Donnell probably would have been in. So they're built to play it safe and prevail. They've been outstanding in all nine games. I don't know if we've ever seen a 6-3 and three team get outstanding all nine games here. I just think Brown's head coach here, Kevin Stefani, is going to make another mistake. Not one of the top strategic coaches. Just think he got lucky last week. Lamar, what were they doing having Lamar Jackson just continue to throw out of the pocket when they were up 15? That's when you want to do some RPO here. I like Pittsburgh, 17-13. All right, we'll jump to Monday night. Maybe a Super Bowl preview on Monday Night Football. The Kansas City Chiefs on the road, two-point favorites take on the Eagles. How do you view this one going down? Yeah, so... I went back and studied the tape of the Super Bowl from last year. Jalen Hurts should have had three passes intercepted. Very lucky that um, those did not go against him. Patrick Mahomes basically playing on one leg through three touchdown passes. And I'm watching what's going on over the last couple of weeks with this Philadelphia team. Without Dallas Goddard, I think they're going to be at a big disadvantage. He accounted for over 17% of their passing yard production, and when he's in the middle of the field, you can't double those two guys on the outside. So I think you're going to see them now start playing teams a lot of too high safety and double the guys on the outside and let some of these other guys, let a backup tight end beat you. I don't think they, they, they're worried about something like that. And Philadelphia defense, believe it or not, has surrendered the fourth most passing yards. Their DBs do not make plays on the ball. So uh, this Kansas City defense held Miami to a season low 14 points in just 175 passing yards. I think they're a top three defense in the NFL here. At home, are you kidding me? With Candy Reed, give me some Kansas City. Pile it on here. 31-21. Lee, big game in the AFC South. We know it's wide open right now, and because Jacksonville got punched in the mouth by San Francisco a week ago, the Texans are salivating, knowing they're only a game out of first place. You got Jacksonville and the Titans. The Titans looking to try and find something in Will Levis while Jacksonville's trying to get back on the winning track. How do you see this one going down? Yeah, I really think it affects the psyche of a team like Jacksonville when you get beaten up like that. I mean, it was total domination. Jacksonville's had trouble, one and five against the spread the last six versus Tennessee in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence's second career game with no touchdowns and three plus turnovers. Jags are one and three uh, at home this year. Just not much of a home field advantage. I think Derrick Henry's going to bounce back just 24 yards last week here. I think their passing game can do some damage against Jacksonville. Those lines too high here. I think Jacksonville prevails, but. I think they win this game 24-20. Take the points in the Titans. All right, our final NFL game here. Obviously, the Houston Texans got a massive win over the Cincinnati Bengals last weekend. They're a four-point favorite versus the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray's second game back. How do you view this game for the Houston Texans? Have you guys checked this? Do they have the most players right now? injured of any team in the NFL? Sure feels like it. We had nine yeah, out last uh, week, I think, that were starters or close to it. Uh, and, and I mean, the hits just keep coming. I mean, they just got to get some guys back. So, Houston, 5-0 and against the spread when taking points. 
and three uh, when when they're when they're favored. That could be a problem here. Uh, difficult to trust Houston as a favorite. Cardinals um, prior to the past Sunday were one and thirteen. Now listen to some of the quarterbacks uh, during this stretch: Colt McCoy, Trace McSorley, David Blau. A couple of these guys are out of out of football. I think McSorley and Blau might be out. Josh Dobbs, who's done okay, and and Clayton Toon. So that goes a long way in explaining the Cardinals' futility here. So with Kyler Murray, it looked like uh, the team was a different team. He was able to escape pass rushers, different vibe, energy. Also, they got back James Conner, Marquise Brown playing pretty high level, and also an emerging tight end and Trey McBride. Don't forget about him. I, I think Houston... It's going to be able to do enough here. In the end, Arizona will have a key penalty. Key turnover usually costs them. Um, once they get down, they start going for it on fourth down. Once they get near midfield here, I, I, I think Houston wins the game here 27-25. But uh, I take the points here in Arizona. I think it's going to be a tight game. Lee, as the kids say, you've been straight fire. All year you've been giving people winners. You've been leading them down the right path. And we just want more people to be get involved with you so they can cash in at Paramount Sports. Tell everybody how to get involved with you and the free play you got for a big one tonight. Oh, big one. I, this has got to be the biggest Thursday night game of the year, Baltimore and Cincinnati. You want to get it for free. I have a real strong opinion on this game. Be one of the first five callers. Call 800-400-9741. Get Baltimore-Cincinnati on me. 800-400-9741, free to the first five callers. And um, normally one-day all-access pass where you get tonight like NFL, a college play also in football, NBA, college basketball, hockey, and we're releasing our top play in the UFC for Saturday, and it's a huge underdog. Seven plays, normally it's 77 to $97.00. One day only, $17. So if you've never been with us before, or maybe you're with us for one sport and want to try out the other three sports, great time to do it. Seven selections, comes out to $2 a selection, just $17 for seven selection, one place, ParamountSports.com. And uh, next week, guys, I am going to be in New York City, as I mentioned, going to the concert, and then on Friday the game. So we're going to take off next week. But we'll be back uh, the following Thursday, and we'll uh, we'll hit it hard for championship week and another week of the NFL. We'll sing us a song, Piano Man, and uh, <laughs> be in a New York state of mind as we appreciate you each and every week and wish you the right. and your family the yeah, best of Thanksgiving. I want to wish all you guys uh, a happy, healthy, and a safe Thanksgiving, all the listeners out there, too, and your staff, and uh, everyone have spent a lot of time with family and have a great time and be safe. Thanks, Lee. All right, thanks, okay. Lee. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you after the uh, Thanksgiving week. Okay, sounds good. Take care. All right, he is Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Thanks for joining us on the HRMP guest line. Hope you guys are playing some of that. I, know, I will disagree on the uh, the Houston game. I think they went by more than two. I didn't know Gwen Stefani's brother coached the Browns. <laughs> Stop. All right, uh, coming up next, Joel wants to make a trade. Let's make a deal, the baby. Houston Rockets. They're in the playoffs. They're playing good basketball. Six game win streak. They're in the playoffs. Like My six, God, like six games off for six days off for some Thanks, reason. Skip. Play the Clippers tomorrow. But Joel Blank wants to make a trade. Who does he want out? We talk about it next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees. Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham live. 
from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. All right, we got Bad Take Boulevard coming up in about 13 minutes from now. Joe George and for Jeremy Branham alongside Joel Blank. Very animated Joel Blank if you look at the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Talking about, we're reminiscing about past dummy interns. Our current interns are good. AJ, I know you're listening. We're not talking about you. Most of our interns are pretty good this this semester. AJ's we, really good. We had some characters. AJ's this got a sneaky expertise of talent on air oh, on television. Likes, oh, so, so I'm not going that far. <laughs> I'm just telling you, he's got a lot of knowledge. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking at the rundown today, getting ready for the show. At what time? Because I was kept waiting for you to finally get in. I was meeting with people. I had, oh, I had meetings. You're dressed for it. I had meetings to attend. <laughs> Um, Rip the suit off. And I saw, uh, <laughs> I go to the Houston Rockets category here on our, our rundown. And I, I see these, you know, nice, lovely stats about Jay Sean Tate. Yeah, he's playing them. really good. Se- and, you, and you drop these nuggets in here. He's got, uh, he's the lowest turnover percentage in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The high steal percentage in mm. the NBA. Number one in defensive um, box plus minus. And then in parentheses, it says trade him now. Damn right you do. Okay. Now, now, let me just say now this you first. You make your argument first, and then I'll fight you. Fight me? Let's go. That's what everybody wants anyway. I'm not going to fight you. Okay. I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. Well, after your comment yesterday, I'd like to see how many rounds you can hang in there. With a 60-year-old? Plenty. I'll whoop your ass. Um, here's the thing. He was a great find. They found him out of nowhere. They found him in Europe. Rafael Stone found him. Credit to him for bringing him in. And he was, for what you didn't have to give up to get him, and stay with me, Josh, because I'm going to bring you in here at a certain point. He was a guy that was over overperforming. The return on the investment was unbelievable until it wasn't. And you know why it wasn't? Because Rafael Stone decided a year ago to extend him at a very, very high rate when he didn't have to. It was completely unnecessary. And what it did was it affected everything, both for you financially, bottom line and cap-wise, and for other teams that otherwise might have given you a lot more or at least something significantly more because he was cheap. And on a you know we all know how it is when you're a championship caliber or a veteran playoff team, see Josh Chebby's Miami Heat. You have a certain threshold of what you can give up financially to take on and endure a contract when you really have the desire to get more energy, more the kind of guys that can give you those extra hustle play minutes, play multiple positions, maybe knock down a shot or finish at the basket. He checks all the boxes until you get to the finances that you didn't have to do because you didn't have to extend them yet. Miami would love to have a guy. Now, they've also brought in some guys this year that kind of fill that role, and they, they're good at finding them. But there are several championship-caliber teams that are looking for a younger version of P.J. Tucker that can play and defend multiple positions, can knock down an open shot, can finish, can be tough up for when you need them to dig in. Everything that he is, there are so many teams that would love to have him until you get to the salary portion and go, what are we doing? And on the flip side, from a Rockets perspective, you have a younger version of him coming up in Tari Eason. You don't need him. So that's where I disagree. I, I think... The way look, the way it's played out so far, I I like the rotation they're using with these two guys, and and everything you said about Jay Shante, I totally agree with that. Like he he is a guy that like you should have moved on from uh, last year because you did not need a player like this who would best fit on a team that is trying to make the playoffs and win playoff games. The problem I have with that is that that's who you are now. Like I, I know it's I know it's nine games. But the way that they're playing, like everything about Jay Sean Tate is is who I want in this lineup as they try to continue to improve and play the way they are. And 
And the idea of moving on from him now with where you're at as a franchise, part of the issue is, like, who takes those minutes? Cam Whitmore? I just told you. But Tar Eason's playing. Like, that's not like he's but not. Tar- we just he's not said, sitting no, no, on remember, the bench. Joe, remember, what's the first thing we said when we heard Tar Eason was coming back? Where do the minutes come from? Well, there's where the minutes should be coming from. Because Jay Sean Tate, Tari Eason is a way better finisher around the basket. Tari Eason is way better shooter than Jay Sean Tate. And Tari Eason is on a rookie contract where you want him to be kind of part of that core that's developing together, which is what this team is doing as a unit. Tate is the odd man out. He doesn't fit. He was already older than a lot of guys thought and a lot of people thought he was when they brought him in. He's in his late 20s. He's making seven-plus million dollars a year. And, he, and he's taking minutes away every single night from Cam Whitmore, from Tari Eason, from younger guys that you expect to be here longer to do better things. And that's why I'm not saying that he's a, a horrible player, but I'm saying showcase him now to keep building on the numbers that you just rattled off and then use him to trade him to a team that can give you maybe more young assets. You don't have your first-round pick for years and years to come. And it doesn't have to be a high first-round pick. But get some things back for him. Get the money to go away, but more importantly, create the space in the minutes so that the younger guys can play more. Honestly, I just I, I think the way that the rotation is going is perfectly fine. Like, no, look, it's a small sample size. We'll see how it plays out. But you just look at the Nuggets game. Tari Eason played 16 minutes. Jay Sean Tate played 20. The guy who's eating up everyone's minutes is Jeff Green. Well, that's a guy you didn't expect to get it from either, because, right? And, uh, but that's do? another reason why you don't need Jay Sean Tate. I think you do, like, because I, I, I don't think the Jeff Green minutes are always going to be there, and they're going to go to he's eating into Jabari's minutes at the end of the game, not that eating well, into and Jabari's sitting in crunch time. Because I, well, right now it makes sense. Like I, 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 like first, like first look at it as it's happening. You're like, why, why is this happening? But you know, J- Jabari's his response to that was very mature. It was, and it was like I was impressed with it. Now we'll see how long that lasts. I was right? going to say, how long does that last yeah, for a guy that was drafted as high as he was that expects that he's going to be one of the core guys for this team and maybe one of the big three yeah. for this team eventually. That's like a good soundbite early on in the season. Sure. You know, back-to-back games. But what does that soundbite change into when it's game 75, when it's the playoffs and you're not getting those crunch time minutes? I, I think Tate Well, the works, honeymoon wears off with the Doka. Yeah. So you it's know, just all like, those how does that stuff change? We know, like, their dads, you know, specifically Jabari's, like, dad's been pretty involved um, with some of the stuff around him. But I think the way it's looked right now with, you know, Eason getting 16, 20 to Tate, you know, and, you know, the Pelicans game, it was 19 for Eason, 24 for Tate. You know, because they don't have, I think I would feel differently than you and I would be with you. I mean, if they had someone besides Jock on the bench, I think yeah, until you can find, position. but these guys are playing like that center yeah, Joe, spot. I want Tari Eason to get 20 some plus minutes a game. I want Jabari Smith to get more to show what he can actually do or not do. And I need to know before I have to really pay him. But I think so those guys should be absorbing all of Jay Sean Tate's minutes. And I don't think Jeff Green is going to do this night in, night out. He he was on a heater. You ride him. Yeah. Plus, he's playing his old team, and he knows him. So those were big bonuses that you you don't take him out that game. But like you said, when you get to the midway point, when you get to three quarters of the season, you want Jabari Smith and Tari Eason to be taking and controlling the majority of those minutes. I think this. It, I just I view it as you're viewing them as they need to take Tate's minutes. I view it as Jeff Green. The last two games has played twenty three and twenty five. That needs to come down. Right, like, but the, that's the, the guy that you need to start to pull back, and these guys need to step up. Because he also, you run the risk he's older, he's going to get hurt. Yeah. You know he's only on a one-year deal, right? Or, or it's going to be very short-term with him. So those two guys need to control the minutes of both Tate and Green by the end of the year so that going forward from there, 
you are truly developing your core even more. But you can't get anything for Jeff Green at this point in his career except for maybe at a trade deadline as a throw into a deal that helps a veteran team. You could get something for Tate because they see multiple years from this guy. Yeah, I just I, I'm good with Tate. Like I, I'm very pro keep Jay Sean Tate and, and like what you're building right now. I think it works. And, and for Tari Eason and these guys to play more, like you know, I think you just need they need to find a way to take minutes away from Jeff Green. Now a lot of that in theory should go back to Jabari Smith one day. You know, once he's you know figuring out whatever's going on, why Doka has to take him off the floor in the fourth quarter like that. But I, I'm good with it. I, I don't view it as you know a, an absolute need right now. If Cam Whitmore, I think. If they didn't feel the need to put him down to the G League and now he's back up for tomorrow night's game versus the Clippers, if Cam Whitmer starts to come along, that's where like I, I really do buy it. I think at the deadline, you're probably right. But like at the deadline, that's when you potentially move on from Tate and Whitmore starts to play more. For now, I'm good with it though. But see, that's why I said early season you showcase yeah. some of your vets or your older guys that really there isn't a place for long term, right? Cam Whitmore's obviously gonna have a place for several years. There's no doubt Jabari Smith is too, but I have my doubts on him, and you know that. But I think that you got to see what he truly is and can be. And Tari Eason, unfortunately, he started the year hurt, but everything that he showed you in year one was like, this is a dude that's going to be around for sure. And he is your Swiss Army knife that you that you're expecting that Tate used to be that can cover all of that and more. So I don't understand Cam or not when you're trying to de- see what you got in Jabari and keep developing Tari. There's enough to go around there with just those two guys that I don't need. Tate taking all those minutes. Yeah, I just, I, I just, yeah, like we just view it differently. Like I, I view it as they Fair. need to find a way to, you know, these guys need to step up to get Jeff Green to stop playing, and and whatever is wrong with Jabari at the end of the games, like they need to find a way to get Jeff Green off the floor because they need to play better collectively. I think long term, I'm with you. Like I, I don't think long term Tate is a piece that needs to be here. Frankly, I think whenever you talk about those big time deals that could come up, I went on the record yesterday that Joel Embiid, I think, will eventually demand a trade and the Rockets should be the one to land him. I think Tate's contract is one of those that like helps you get Joel Embiid eventually, I or know. whoever is the. Disgruntled. I don't think that's enough. I think no, but, like just like he's in part of the deal as like just matching contracts. Yeah, and look when you look at this that from from the perspective of what you are now and what you're going to, I think Jeff Green's a guy that will have a fairly high demand at the end at the at the trade deadline. Because I think you look at a team like Boston, you look at a team like Phoenix that's looking for a veteran presence to kind of add to their bench that can come in and do what he did against Denver the other night, make a couple threes, defend, play multiple positions. Phoenix is desperate for guys like that. And I think part of the reason why when everybody's scratching their head going, why Jeff Green in Houston? Yeah, It's because there was probably a discussion too. And if if you play it all well... We'll do our best to put you on another championship caliber team. Yeah, but here's the thing, Joel. Like, what if they're a playoff team? Like, what if the Rockets are? Yeah, but you're not like, trying. I don't think anybody realistically thinks this team's going to win a title. No, but like, what's the point of blowing up your roster if you're going to play in the playoffs? If you, like, if you get a, a second for Jeff Green, I just think those things are so useless. Okay, well then you maybe you get a young player. Yeah, you know, because this is how I view NBA draft picks. Um, the way the, the and this is, I think it's based on the way that like these guys are all failing in the NBA. I view second-round picks in the NBA as fifth, sixth, and seventh-round picks in the NFL draft. Like their value is decreasing every like, year because they just don't—they don't—they're not—they're not hitting. It's like your first rounders are your top ten picks. Sometimes it's your top five picks. It's just the first rounder thing. It just means so much less to me in the NBA because so many of these guys are getting drafted and then you just never hear from them. With the first round, at least you get the guaranteed money. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you get the guaranteed money, but like they just. 
So many guys get no, drafted. You're right. You look at the history of the NBA draft the last couple of years, and you're like, who are these people? Yeah, the second round is devalued so much, too, that you have to be careful because if you don't do what Daryl used to do and get a first-round talent in the second round but give them a little extra money so that they have to stick around and you control them, yeah. they can play well for you for a year or two and then go wherever they want to go to get way much, way more, and you're basically screwed and your hands are tied trying to retain them. All right, Bad Take Boulevard. That's coming up next. If you have any suggestions, any bad takes you've seen, I'm sure Alex is here on the Twitch and he wants to nominate me for something. We'll do that next year. It's Bad Take Boulevard and the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Things just say. Well, the Killer Bees use them to build an actual street where they can get run over for all eternity. 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 What's that street? Bad Take Boulevard. All right, time for Bad Take Boulevard here on the Killer Bees. Joe George and Joel Blank here with you today. Jeremy Brandon will return on Monday. So Bad Take Boulevard. We've got our nominations. If you got any that you've seen, that you've heard on the station, feel free to send them our way. 713-780-3776. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5 as well. We'll open it up to you guys if you have any. But we'll start here with, I think, I was looking at our Bad Take Boulevard you know, document. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to put together the nominations so that way we can get ready for the Bad Take Boulevard bracket. I think we might actually do it in December this year instead of around March Madness. Still TBD on that. And I think there's a good chance that at least one of the number one seeds is officially going to go to Texas A&M. Yeah. When they hired Jimbo Fisher, they made a plaque that they put in their championship trophy. It said Jimbo Fisher, national champion head coach. And it had 2-0... And then two blanks next to it for whatever year he My was going to win a national it? title. That's a good one. I gave it a six. Thank you. Um, well, Jimbo Fisher did not win a national championship. So this fake plaque they made is a total bad take for making it, for thinking it was guaranteed he was going to win the title. I think I think they've secured themselves a number one seed in our bad take Boulevard bracket. Yeah, it's pretty close. That The, the entire situation, the extension... It's one thing to put a plaque in the trophy case already. It's another thing to say we're paying him well over $100 million on the initial deal. And then because LSU wanted to talk to him and you got him more. really, really cold feet and got scared, you extended him at a massive amount of money and created the largest buyout that has ever been paid to a coach ever. Like, he gets $19.5 million in the next two weeks. Why would I ever work again? Give me one of those deals and see you later. You think he is... Do you think he has that? Because college football coaches are built different, right? No, I, Jeremy and I had, and I had this conversation. I, I do wonder, except for his age, if he was slightly younger, got there are certain guys that just can't get it out of their blood, and even like Urban Meyer, whether they're just broadcasting or they're going to coach again somewhere, and and they still get all the A and M money, they're still going to keep doing it. Jimbo loves the ranch here. Jimbo loves the life that he planned on living the rest of his life here, and with all that cash in his back pocket, why? Yeah, I. I'd be really curious, but he's 58. Like, I think the, the perfect... Jimbo Fisher's 58? Yes. He looks 72. I know. You know who's 72? Mac Brown. I was like, I just literally was just Googling that. He looks like, 80. Mac Brown is 72 years old. He was obviously great at UT. Won a national championship. Got fired. Or however that played out. Goes on television for a while and then eventually gets back in. That's what I kind of wonder with Jimbo. Like, do we get far enough away from the A&M debacle, the end of it, that maybe in like four or five years he goes back into coaching. It's like Coward to me. It's like job. Bill Coward. This is one where he's so far down the road in terms of just life 
that I don't think if he could resurrect it and get a job in four or five years. Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be curious. Or like if he could get a job that is worth coming out of retirement for. Like Jeremy's not but here. But offense so, like, already passed Hol- him by. I know, but like so like since Jeremy's not here, when Dan Holgerson gets fired, eventually, like how soon? I think they are not going to fire him. Actually, I think they are going to wait until his contract expires. Which is when? I think it's like three more years. I don't know if they can wait that long. I don't know if they in the can. Big Twelve. Look, I don't know if they can wait. That look, long. they have the worst recruiting class in all of the country next year. That's a fact. You cannot deny that. You cannot be upset that that's being talked about. They have the worst recruiting class in all of college football next year. Like, would they call Jimbo when they're done with Dana? I mean, I'm sure Jimbo would listen because it's the Big Twelve. I know. But at the same time, Jeremy should have got more love for the fact that I believe on his Dana's radio show with Jeremy yeah. is where he dropped that nugget about the fact that Golden's getting all these six-figure deals from all these big-time programs, and that's what's wrong with college football. That was a massive story. All right, here we go. This is a good one from 3667. This is going to end up on Friday's show as well. Make sure I put this on the mean text um, as well. But this goes on Bad Take Boulevard because they say any grown man that would purposely call himself J-Bone on the radio deserves Bad Take Boulevard. <laughs> I know he didn't create that nickname for himself, but I did see him own it the other day. So, yeah, yeah he is owning that one. And he I think the Twitchers gave it to him. I like that. I like that. We like got, the nickname so- or? I don't like the no. name. Uh, for a while, I thought it was just the Twitchers calling that. I think that's really what it's re- referring to. So here's a guy that already has like a, a a boat slip and a mansion and a strip center for like convenience stores and things on Bad Take Boulevard. But Keith from L.A. chimes in again and tells me to stick to my day job because I'm not the GM for the Rockets. But if I was, I probably could do as much or more, and especially more than you, Key, because if we just took all of your bad takes – you might have the whole bracket filled out for the fact that every L.A. team that you oversell and underdeliver that turns out to be the Utah Jazz and plays well in the regular season and then absolutely needs poop bags galore for all the crap that you get all over yourself. I can't imagine you continually looking for the abuse that you get by continually chiming in with these bad takes, but keep them coming, bro, because we've got more land and real estate we can sell you. Key from Kirby. Um, That's right. Uh, bad take Boulevard. Now, I don't know... Honestly, like if we did this ourselves, because I think we did not do like a station wide prediction uh, for our newsletter last week, but I got one here NFL Network. They fall on the list. Bad Take Boulevard, 10 person panel, 10 for 10, picks the Cincinnati Bengals over the Houston Texans. Like, it's a bad take. You go 10 for 10 and you're all wrong. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But at the same time, would any of us have predicted a Texans victory over Cincinnati coming into that game? Yes. Who? Patrick. Well, maybe. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, I, I, I will stand, I'm gonna stand up for myself in this one. Oh, because Chef, you me, picked the Texans. I, I absolutely picked the That's Texans right. on late hits with PC. And PC, I, I first dropped the nugget. I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I feel like the Texans can sneak one out. Patrick was like, nope, absolutely not at first. I don't know if he changed his mind going into the weekend or whatever the case is. But I... I am 100% standing up for myself. On Josh, that. I like it. And like there's it. proof of it, which is fantastic. Unlike our picks that we do as a station that we never see the proof of his, but suddenly he's got like a commanding 10-game lead in the predictions. And then what I think you really should do is go on Twitter and just go at him and call him out for the fact that how outlandish he was by picking the Bengals. All right, so a little backstory on that. So we have a group, a bunch of us, are in a pool, uh, NFL picks. And... We all submit our picks to Patrick, 
And we're just going to air out the laundry today. We're putting the Bad Take Boulevard. We're going to the Laundry Boulevard. Um, Patrick Creighton, in this pick standings, says he's 82, 50, and 8 on the season. He makes this pick every single game. Now, that's a pretty impressive record. Damn right. But there is a conspiracy theory amongst those at the station that Patrick... Don't bring us all into your take. You agree with me that he is juicing his picks because he does not send his picks anywhere. So now Andrew Carlson, who's in second place, who's 20 games above 500 on the season. Patrick verifies his picks. Patrick wouldn't lie about Andrew's picks because he'd want him to be wrong. So there is a theory at the station that PC is juicing his picks and that he claims to be 32 games above 500 and no one believes it. Not hmm. a single one of us. Hmm. So if Patrick wasn't aware that that conspiracy theory exists, he might be now. Hmm. Somewhere there's someone telling you just to do your job, bitch. Is Pat... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm talking to you, Joe George. Um, uh, King of Twitch wanted to prevent, prevent, uh, prematurely put me on Bad Tick Boulevard for saying the Texans have a 70% chance of making the postseason. I explained to him how the segment actually works. It's not a bad take until I'm wrong. Okay. And when. He's going to have to add me on that too because I'm right with you. Yeah. Like, I, I'm 65%, 70%. Yeah. So, like, the but they have post-season. to miss the playoffs for me to be wrong. And if I'm wrong, then, you know, we'll find out. We're going to talk about that a little bit at 5 o'clock. I got some hate the other day. Really, no. my first real, real hate from the text line. You got some hate yesterday. Uh, I get hate every day. You um, deserved it yesterday. Because I have already declared, and we're going to really deep dive this at 5 o'clock, I've declared this season as a disappointment if the Houston Texans miss the playoffs. I will explain oh. at 5. But coming up next, we got to talk about tonight's game. Bengals-Ravens, Lee Sterling said earlier, maybe the best Thursday night football game we'll get this entire season. It's a monster game. It's not saying much, but he's right. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a big one. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins not playing, but Chase is in. This game has a lot of meaning for the NFL season, how the AFC North will play out. And if you're an old person and can't find it on Prime Video, I can even tell you that as well. It's the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph Procedure. If you don't know what it is and you're losing your hair or you have pattern baldness and you don't think there's any way you can get it back, you need to check out the Neograph Procedure and figure it out and see if it's right for you. How do you do that, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Go to 975hair.com because it won't cost you a single thing to set up a consultation with Doc Linville and his staff. You can do it right there online. It normally costs 150 bucks, But because you listen to us, you get the free consultation with him and his staff, and you can start figuring out if the procedure's right for you like it was right for me. You could be the next in line. I'm telling you, it's phenomenal because it's not sprays and creams and foams that just simply don't work and just mask the problem. It's getting your own hair back from a place that genetically you're never going to lose it. That's the sides in the back of your head. He takes some of that, puts it where you need it most. In about six to nine months, you see the full results, but you see the follicles there instantly, and they start to grow, get stronger and longer. And you, before you know it, you have your hair back, which means you have your self-confidence back, which means you like the way you look. 
and you've got a little more pep in your step, it's absolutely phenomenal. Check it out today. Go to 975hair.com. Set up that free consultation and check out the Neograph procedure. Just get the information. No, nothing signed on the dotted line. No money out of pocket. You just get information to see if you might be the next to get the procedure. I got it. Couldn't be happier with it. Never had a single issue throughout the process. Never felt any pain throughout the process. And I rave about the results on a daily basis. By the way, it's also the holidays. And Doc Linville also does Botox, plastic surgery, and other things. So if you want the gift that keeps on giving, he's great at a lot of things. But he's the best in the business, in my opinion, at the Neograft. Check him out today. Go to 975hair.com. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Joe George, Joel Blank here, Jeremy Branham back on Mondays, calling some games for the Cougs in Charleston. We got a text here, 7169. All of us who hated on trading next year's Browns pick instead of Houston's, I think he means the opposite, Houston's pick instead of the Browns. May it be on Bad Take Boulevard by the end of the season. Look, the Bad Take Boulevard bracket this year, I think it's going to be spicy, okay? Mm-hmm. We've got, this is what I have so far, okay? We've got Joel saying the Texans are going to have a top four pick. I've got Nathaniel Lowe from the Rangers saying it's their division to lose. I've got me for saying the Bears will win the NFC North. i got to put myself on there. You're going to love this one, Joel. Mm. I can't wait to read it to you. Cody, dot, 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 let the big boys handle this. That oh, boy. That's going to be the number one seed, I think. Uh, I got QB1 in the Baytown Batty saying root for the Rangers in the World Series. A caller saying the same thing. Uh, Chris Broussard for using the R word and then basically killing his cousin on the air. Uh, Aaron Wilson saying D'Amico Ryans wasn't interested in the Texans job. Jimbo Fisher, A&M plaque. That's where we're at currently for the... Bad Take Boulevard bracket nominees. I think everyone's going to make the bracket so far because we might go 16, we might go 12. You ever listen to the Red Weasel doing any New York (laughs) fill-in? Yeah, right. I mean, I was just saying you might be able to find two years in a row uh, a number one seed. I like listening to good radio. There you go. Um, I just, I that's where we're at right now. So I, I think those are the biggest ones. We had Jeremy Will Levis on here, that whole thing. He defends it by saying that he was betting against it by while saying it, but I think I think we gotta keep it on here. Jeremy Will yeah, how do you and I make the list and he doesn't? Oh, he's on. Oh, I forgot one. No, the real number one seed. And honestly, and this is where I struggle with this, Joel. I like this bad take boulevard bracket. I think it's a great fun idea. But I'm gonna put this on here because I've been meaning to. It's gonna win. Jeremy Branham, minutes after Will Anderson was selected, or later that night, said it might be the worst day in franchise history. That's going to be the number one seed, and I would be shocked if it doesn't win. I don't know how anything beats it. Hmm. Like, I, so I don't even want to put it on the bracket. It's the champion. But well, I mean, you do, you know, you are like joined at the hip with him, so you probably do true. want to protect him. No, I understand he's, that. He's I not, mean, Josh is getting killed. I mean, because he's got, he, you know, he, he, he sold out his his boy PC. But I mean, you would never do that with to me. Uh, Snuggle bunny. Uh, no, his body is not still warm. I can take as many shots as I want. Um, all right, you? so tonight's game, the Bengals and the Ravens. What do you think it plays out? It should be a good game. This is a big one for I the Bengals. I think it's great. I think it's great because there's so much riding on the line because there's so many good teams or at least playoff caliber teams in that the way the record stayed. I don't think Steelers are very good, but I think that because you've got four teams that are deep into the playoff discussions at this point in the season – it's not that it's a do or die for both teams because Baltimore has the lead in the division, and even though they, you know, peed down their leg again last week, 
they have a lead in all these games. They, they've been dominating a lot of teams throughout the league. So I think that they have a little bit more of a cushion. This is a do or die in my, in my estimation in a lot of ways for the Bengals. They lost a game that a lot of people think they should have won. Big time. Uh, against the, the Texans. What annoys me, and especially from a guy that I respect like Dan Orlovsky, and I think he's very good at what he does. But as much as he sang the praises of C.J. Stroud, and he was all over C.J. Stroud as an MVP candidate, he comes back today and says, if Burrow doesn't throw those two picks, Cincinnati wins that game easily. Like, yeah, so- I just don't see that. Like, I, I see that it might have been more of a game because for me, the Texans were the better team that dominated the majority of that football game. I don't think it's as easy as saying he doesn't throw those two picks and the Texans lose. So I think the the argument is that you know there's like a, 11 minutes left in the game when Joe Burrow gets the ball for that possession where he throws the first pick. And then the Texans go three and out, and then he drives on the field and he what, throws another pick. And then he throws the pick six. Now, the, or the near pick six, C.J. Stroud does. So I think the idea behind it is that the Bengals had like four or five more possessions in that game. And frankly, they should have won because Boyd should have caught that touchdown pass. So I think his reasoning well, behind it. They still it, got the ball back. Yeah, I think his reasoning behind it is that like they would have scored touchdowns on those drives if Joe Burrow didn't make those mistakes. One of those I will not. I think the first pick I'll disagree with. The one to Shaq Griffin was a bad play, and they were right in scoring territory. So mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's a guarantee that they win. Plus, I don't either. CJ Stroud has just continued to respond in adversity every single time he's had it. You know, they they might call those third and threes the deep shot to Tank Dell. That's not the same play if those are touchdowns earlier. So, yeah, I don't think you can say that. I get where he's coming from. I'm just excited but, to watch a Thursday night game. Though. Oh, bad take. Boulevard. Chewy. What? He says, I want more bad Thursday night football with under 500 teams like last week. Why? Even if that's a joke, Chewy. What are you saying to me? Like, this is the one that maybe saves Thursday night football as a league unless the, the sponsorship dollars are just through the roof and and whatever Amazon's paying is way too much to turn the cheek to. And if I'm Amazon, I'm looking for a better game. Better games. Yeah. Because if I'm paying that much money, I damn well want better competition than the Bears and some of the other games that they've thrown out there this year. That game sucked. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I agree with you. I think tonight's a I, – I, it's not obviously like win or go home. But it, it is really, if the Bengals lose this game where we started the show early on about who's going to make the playoffs this year, who's not, if the Bengals lose this game, my idea that the Bengals are going to still win the division is hurt dramatically. The reason why I say that they're going to win the division is because I believe they're going to win tonight. I'm I'm really low on Lamar right now. It, it is constantly, you know, I just... He wants to do these things. Like, he wants to throw it deep down the field. He's just not good enough, man. But throwing a ball. The ball hit the it's guy's helmet. It wasn't his fault. He's taken a lot of extra shots that I don't really feel like he deserves all of them. And last week, look, he's the reason why they're building up these big leads in all these games and blowing out good teams and having the the record that they had coming into that game last week. It's fluky that a ball goes off a defensive guy's helmet, pops up in the air, and ends up being a pick six. Yeah, you can put some of it on him, but it's a team collective effort. I don't think he's played badly enough to, to be taking the guy, the guy taking the brunt of all of it. That's fair, but he is the quarterback. And like that's, that's where, you know, it's it's because I, I tend to agree with you that like it's not all on Lamar. This is where I think their lack of run game hurts them because they're having a hard time sealing these games and finishing them off. Obviously, their run game should get going tonight because we know the Bengals run t- defense is Whew. just very trash. Um, so I, I'm going to say the Bengals win this one tonight. I think that you Joe Burrow, to. 
I don't have to. I, I'm okay. You picked with them it. to go to the Super Bowl. That's okay. Super Bowl predictions. You can get Super Bowl predictions wrong. Okay, I like it. I had the Padres in the World Series. I was wrong. It's okay. See, Baltimore, if they lose, they're still in it. They're fine. Yeah, I do think if the Bengals lose, it means way more yeah. for them than if the Ravens. Yeah, lose. It, it has so much more impact. But you know, not having T. Higgins and is it, it's Hutchinson on on defense that's, yeah. that's out. You know, they've already had a lot of other injuries, but those two are significant because those two guys play major roles on both sides of the football against a team that we know they can play defense. That, that, that has enough weapons and can score enough points to beat just about anybody in the AFC. Yeah. So I think that's a huge problem for Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I'm very curious how the game goes tonight. It's just, it's one of those that if, if you don't win it, it, it really crushes your season. If you do win tonight, you go to six and four, the Ravens are seven and four, and you're really viewing this game. I, I've, played the, I've played the Bengals uh, plus three and a half on the road because I think even if they do lose, I think it's within three. So getting that hook there. Playing in uh, Baltimore, like don't don't sleep on that. Either. Oh no, that's a great. There's a home play. field there. Yeah. Uh, just on a side note with this, Al Michaels has been getting crushed all year. What the, do you? The boys behind, but before us, love to crush him. He's he's pretty bad. Like it, yeah. it's been an unenjoyable watch, honestly. Like most of these Thursday night games, uh, part of it always is like the games are terrible. But I just feel like he does not bring in the juice anymore either. No, he's mailing it in, but at a certain point. If they keep begging you back with eighteen million a year, wouldn't you take it too? It's kind of yeah. like Jimbo. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna say, no, I didn't really earn this seventy five, seventy six million you still owe me. Why don't you take some of it back? I mean, if they keep throwing multiple multiple year deals at Al between fifteen and eighteen mil a year, yeah, it doesn't matter who you're working with and how bad the games are. You keep taking them because you keep bankrolling it, no matter how bad you are. And maybe the best thing for him is not not as many people are watching him as they used to watch on Sunday Night Football when he sometimes used to get asleep at the wheel there. All right, and we, I wasn't sure how we were going to work this into the show, but this is the, just like the perfect time with a few minutes left here. Mm. Uh, do you have this, Josh, the Carissa Thompson stuff ready? You're such a quarterback, the way you can um, lead us right in. Carissa Thompson was on part of my take. This video, this audio you're going to hear, this video has 3 million views currently on Twitter because she is getting crushed. And I'm really curious what Joel has to say. So here's Carissa Thompson on what she does on the sidelines when she was on Pardon My Take. And I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop. Uh, hurting ourselves we needed to be better on third down we yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over the quarterback we need, yeah exactly <laughs> and and do a better job of getting off the field like they're not going to correct me on that right. so i'm like it's fine i'll it just make up the report it would be very funny if you were like yeah so i just spoke with arthur smith at halftime and he said Bijan robinson blew smoke in his face yeah. and that's why he's not getting the ball this okay. is yeah what are your thoughts i'm curious so she she better be careful what she just did there because in in today's society with what we're dealing with the fact that she said it previously and nothing happened could be just considered luck, right? But in today's world, when you admit something like this and the integrity that's supposed to go with holding a position of that magnitude, doing the things that she does on multiple big-time NFL broadcasts, that is a huge problem because the last thing you do is show that you have no integrity and you're just throwing it. You, you can do whatever you want. 
that's fine for the the, the Skip Baylesses and the the Colin Cowherds and the she's guys that are, that are looking for clicks. She's not looking for clicks. She's looking to bring you and enhance your viewing pleasure, not just but with, with presentation and what she's wearing and what she looks like. She better damn well bring the information. And sideline reporters had to be cringeworthy. And I saw some. I think it was Molly McGrath and some of the others starting to already chime in, going. Yo, that's the worst thing you could possibly do, and that is a no-no to, to where she better be careful boasting about, well, I've said this before and I haven't gotten fired because you're going to get it for this one at a certain point because this is a horrible look. Well, here's the thing. Like, it, who did you tell it to the first time? Like, did you tell, did she tell her producer? Did she tell her boss? Because they might look the other way. This is the number one, number one sports podcast, sports media entity that we have in America right now. The only thing that's bigger than part of my take is first take. And like it, they have millions and millions of listens every single episode. She got way too comfortable. And I think she said this on the wrong platform because I think you can get away with this. You can tell, you know, you could tell this to Bill Simmons. It's not going to blow up like this. Like the part of my take is a huge account this has gone way too viral, and I think it's going to backfire in a major, yeah. major way for her. This, I, this I think she went to friends. She went mine. full foot and mouth, and is going to regret this. This has happened to friends of mine that just on the local level decided to go on a national show for an interview, thinking, "Oh, I can tell, I can say this on national rate uh, or not, yeah. and I can get away with it," and found out you can't. And, and and especially because of the platforms that she's on and how big those positions are, just coming out just flippantly throwing that out there like I'm not going to get fired now. Don't be so sure. Yeah, I think I think she's going to have to walk that one back a little bit. All right, that does it for that segment. So I have the Bengals winning tonight. You have the I I, I believe the Bengals are going to win. Josh Ravens. All right, Josh stands alone, not not being coerced. The only pick that matters is PC. Let's me. just make sure we get PC's pick in. <laughs> And we just need verification. <laughs> All right. Coming up next. Is this season a disappointment if the Houston Texans do not make the playoffs with how it's gone so far? That's next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.